Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, Bill Barr is testifying before Congress, defending the Department of Justice, criticizing the Russia Gate scandal, and paving the way for continuing federal involvement in local crime measures. And one big piece of news, I thought it was quite big, is that an email revealed that Trump is planning on leaving federal agents basically on rotation in Portland until mid-October. And that just felt to me the way they were describing the presence, the what they would be doing there. If they if they were confining themselves to the physical property that that is federal property, so-called federal property, the federal courthouse or whatever, then I could see them fitting narrowly within the exception of their ability to do that. They're also trying to break up protests and other articles. You can see that they want to fight crime, gun crime, confiscate, quote, illegal guns. And and as I, the imagery that was painted in the, I think it was a CNN article about this letter from Trump, was very reminiscent to me of Nixon's first term. So Kent State happened in 1970. Watergate happened in 72. I don't really see necessarily that. I think Trump is going to be blamed for, is going to, it's going to try to make it look like he's diverting attention from his failure uh, regarding COVID, the Democrats in Congress are blaming him for not getting COVID under control. Meanwhile, it is totally under control. We can talk about that later in the show. But I just have this sense of uh, fostering this conflict. Perhaps some of the protesters will be killed by federal agents, Kent State style. Hopefully, if they do that, it won't be real, but it might be. And I just I feel like this is all leading up to the election crisis 2020. Yeah, I think you could be right. I think that this is being foreshadowed in a lot of ways. I have a comment to say about that and then about the election crisis 2020. By the way, another parallel to the 60s, as I've been seeing Noam Chomsky being interviewed on television more and more recently, and that goes back to the 60s again when he was probably more prominent. When we see them trot out these relics like Fauci, like Bill Barr, like Elliot Abrams, guys who are seasoned in the art of mass psychological operations and covert ops and subverting the transparency and accountability of government. When they bring these guys out, it's either so rare to find somebody with absolutely no (laughs) scruples whatsoever or experience matters. Certainly, I don't find that has any legitimacy, especially with Trump, the disruptor, the outsider bringing all these guys in. But yeah, that just uh, piles on that this is just a, a remake. It really is. They're rebooting everything right now, even reality. The New York Times published an article today titled Peaceful Protesters with Room for Rage Sympathize with Aggressive Tactics. One person was quoted as saying, there may be people throwing water bottles at officers. I'm not going to do that, but 
if people want to express their frustration in that way, I'm not going to stop them. Others are saying there's room for chanting and dancing and joyful noises, and there's also room for rage. We make space for each other. This is a connected movement. Here's one other thing that somebody said. They said, I don't consider property destruction violence. Violence is when you attack a person or another living, breathing creature on this planet. Windows don't cry and they can't die. Yeah, but businesses can burn and people can lose their livelihoods. This goes exactly to what we've been talking about in that episode of the Propaganda Report 187, how Marxists program and brainwash people, these people that they're training, into saying stuff and justifying violence. These are the types of excuses they put in their minds, and this is a product of this training, and I'm seeing this spread. This is a virus. This is spreading like a virus. They're trying to cause a pandemic of Marxism, in my opinion. I see some of my friends on social media posting similar stuff that makes me go, they've been going to these trainings. They've been watching these trainings. People are getting infected by this stuff. It's contagion without infection. Like, it's good to realize that contagion is what we're always talking about. No one denies contagion, but infection is something that we've, we're being trained to. But I have a lot of comments about what you just said. Go ahead. First of all, those water bottles are frozen and yeah. they're being handed out by agents provocateur. That the property, well, first let me just say this rage thing, space for rage, those are rage rooms. They come from sci-fi. They came from, you've been talking about that for years, were you not? Yeah. Talked about rage rooms a long time ago. Uh, this is straight out of classic sci-fi. The idea that Property is not life is completely wrong, especially personal property, because breath is life. And breath is, I mean, you work from the, you pant when you work like that. You are breathing heavy. That is your life in and out. You, when you convert it, then that is your life. No doubt about it. Yeah. Let me say something real quick to respond to that. One of these slogans that they pitched over and over again, they repeated it throughout the entire training. I don't know if I included it in the clips, but it was the slogan, people over property, man, people over property. That's a Marxist slogan and it's infecting. But what they want, what they want, what they're saying is they're talking about money. They're talking about defunding the police and redirecting that money to wherever. I, I don't see, they're really losing sight of any kind of goal. It speaks to what you and Bellamy were talking about, how like they just move the goalpost. It, do, it has nothing, it's just violence in and of itself, which means to me it's about political power, not held by those people, but by the pol- politicians who know how to use it. And this brings me to a, a bigger point that I keep getting riddled with challenges on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, everything, where people want, well, what would they do? What would you do? If the law enforcement has not abdicated, has abdicated the state and local level, what would you do? You have to send the feds in to protect those people's property. These are Trump supporters who, if Obama did it, they'd be reading me the Constitution. And this is where it all broke down for me. This is where it's over. Like, there's no hope in my mind for operating within the framework of the system. And my answer is very simple. And they would have known it in the day. This is the time for you to assert your self-evident right to self-defense. Just like in the L.A. riots, the guys who had their rifles and got on top of their own stores and kept the rioters away, they kept the rioters away. And you can say that's extreme or people don't want to do that. They're lazy and stupid, which is what I'm getting. I'm getting those kind of comments from people. And I'm telling you, the, the times have changed 
the the curtain has been pulled back and we can see the brick wall in the back of the theater that Frank Zappa talked about. You can see it. This is, if you don't take that control of defending your own private property, that's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about self-defense and private property. If you can't do it now, you never can do it. Maybe you can't do it. Maybe it's not possible, but let's reveal that. Let's lay that bare. And not to mention, this is all happening in places that have laid this bed that they get that Portland, I believe it was in Oregon. Is Oregon the Evergreen State? I think it is. That's where the Evergreen State College is, where they had a similar thing. It's almost, you know, I wondered what really went on there. I almost wonder if it was a dress rehearsal. Maybe. And they, they, you know, they set the mindset of people feeling victimized and entitled without any foundation in connecting causal relationships. So they can't have really well-defined goals that they move towards. This is all about emoting, emoting. And that, I think, goes to this idea of rage. And I'm saying, don't say Trump should save those people. Say, let's look at what the fundamental cause of this problem is. And I would say the cause is that we've relinquished our right to self-defense. And it may be too late, but if there is an answer, that is where it would lie. Yeah. And this brainwashing is part of the cause as well. And they're targeting children. Here's an example. Stacey Abrams. I talked yesterday about her film that's coming out via Amazon. Well, it has a title. We have a release date. I couldn't find the release date yesterday, but I did find it. It is going to come out in theaters, in select theaters. Stacey Abrams' new documentary, they call it. I love how they call it a documentary to give the implication that it's based in 100% fact and truth. All in the fight for democracy, and it opens in select theaters on September 9th, and it will be available on Amazon Prime on September 22nd. And with this film, the Amazon Studios is launching hashtag all in for voting, a social impact campaign with community-based organizations, nonprofits, corporations, artists, activists, and influencers. And the campaign will develop digital content to combat misinformation about the voting process and to launch targeted campaigns, pro- targeted campaign programming to educate and register first-time voters. And then the kicker for me is this. All in the fight for democracy will also have a classroom component called, quote, grow a voter. A curriculum is being developed to create these partnerships right now. I really want to respond to that. Go for it. What's up, guys? I talk about Neighbors Feed and Seed a lot, and not just because they offer everything you need to live a more sustainable lifestyle, but also because of the way that they conduct business. They give you the kind of personalized attention you don't get anywhere else. In fact, Bill from Neighbors is making Propaganda Report listeners a priority. He's given his private number to anyone who calls or emails the store so that he can personally make sure you get what you need. You're going to want to take him up on that offer. So go to NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. You can find their info on the contact page, and if you're in the Smyrna area, be sure and check out Neighbors all new farmers market on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Can you repeat what that what the the grow a voter thing? What is that? This yeah. isn't Stacey Abrams documentary. Stacey Abrams document. See, it's not just documentary. It's entire propaganda program here with this hashtag right. activism with and Amazon Studios working. This is Amazon Jeff Bezos ha! working oh with him. Oh my gosh! Stacey That's Abrams' crazy. work was Reed Hoffman. She is so connected. It's unbelievable. Well, here's another connection I want to make. Tell me again, what is this? It's in elementary schools, or what is it? Just read that sentence again Understand. if you have it. Okay. 
It's going to be a classroom component called Growy Voter. It's going to be a curriculum developed and is creating partnerships between the movement's leaders and the teachers. This is what it reminds me of. The only thing I ever saw like that was a program run by Yukos Oil, which was in itself had on the board Kissinger, I think a Rothschild. It was Yukos Oil who the guy who ran that, the Russian oligarch, was Putin's enemy, went to jail for tax fraud or I don't know what. That That's a whole big, big, big thing. Yukos Oil is no more. But they had a teach the kids in school about democracy program, which I identified as interfering with the Russian election or political process. And guess who was a Yukos Oil intern during that period? Stacey Abrams. Right on, man. It's just it, if people don't understand that she is trained to this stuff from from the early, from high school, and we did that Stacey Abrams special couple even weeks before ago. then. Yeah, but people can listen to the special report on Stacey Abrams, which is going to be more relevant than ever as she continues to emerge as a as a major international. Her training is all international. This is going to go international. I think I don't know, but like I see the UN responding to the George Floyd family letter, issuing warnings to the United States of how they approach these protests. I mean, there is, and then when I when. Trump supporters tell me the Fed should go into the cities. I say, and and when the Feds aren't doing what what the the so called government above them doesn't like, then you have UN in the cities. There you go. That's, yeah, that I mean, you got to watch it. Let's look down, not up. Stacey Abrams education program that she ran on Cradle to Career. It was called. It was a program where you get the kids from age zero to four and you start them in a daycare and an after school after daycare program where you have the kid basically from early in the morning, like eight in the morning till six or seven at night. So they're basically raising these kids and they promote it as, oh, we'll help you go live your dream. But what they're really getting is they're getting access to this child's mind to shape it in the way that they see fit. And it's based I, in the UNESCO. There's program. a bunch. Oh, interesting. That's UN for the children, I think. Education and social, something like that. So, and who established that? Julian Huxley, Algis Huxley's brother, who wrote that ritual, characteristics of an initiation ritual, that was the 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 subject of that True Stream Media video that I liked. So there's more to this thing with Abrams. First of all, they're allowing it in theaters. And and the one thing that you keep getting from everybody from Health and Human Services to Fauci is close the bars, not wash your hands, close the bars. They do not want us talking to each other about how effing crazy this all is, because that is what people would be saying. They would be laughing and finally let their guard down and kiss each other and hug each other. And they would just let it get. You think it's crazy, too? Yes. So they won't allow that, but they're allowing this in a theater that also this idea, it's um, the the language behind the reparations thing. And also this stuff, I think the that the that the people who are behind the Stacey Abrams and Indivisible and, and all those people are directing those who do feel wronged and many who are wronged in the wrong direction in in two ways one is it's it's they're not accomplishing even their stated goals of redirecting wealth and prosperity and opportunity they're not even doing that 
But that's the wrong direction, in my opinion, to convince people that voting and redistributing wealth is going to change that fundamental problem has been it's been proven to be wrong i think we're going on like 50 years now or more where that is absolutely not working i'm i've gotten through you know i've looked through the board and i see that the only way to be empowered is to have actual power and what is the only power you need and can have is to feed yourself and defend the four corners of your property yourself and by by plugging yourself more and more into this system you're disempowered and i would say the future of this system is actual physical weakness this health approach is is just like the wedge issues of poverty and race there's this health problem is going to be a wedge issue they must keep you unhealthy in order to maintain it as an issue just like they have to keep systemic racism and they have to keep poverty Abrams' entire career has been built on her disempowering people and then presenting herself as a solution to their disempowerment. She depends on people being disempowered. Otherwise, her solutions, her stories, they're irrelevant to them if they don't feel like they are powerless. And to the election crisis aspect of it. The fact that they're training these citizens to recognize and report voter suppression and all the stuff we're hearing about voter suppression. She goes on a progressive network on a nightly basis, and she's doing these virtual town halls also on a nightly basis, promoting this message of voter suppression. It is already in the minds of people who follow her that voter suppression happened. It it happened. If Trump wins, there's no accepting it. Just like the other way, they're saying Trump won't accept it. If Trump wins, the other side won't accept it. So the crisis has already been created, in my opinion. Yes. And I and I think that this election crisis is going to be a real one. I mean, bigger than the hanging Chad of 2000. And I I direct people to our propaganda report episode 184, where I've mentioned numerous times the clip you got about the tripwire. They said it would be the election would be the tripwire to alert people to how bad Russia is. But it doesn't have to be that literal progression. It can be any tripwire to achieve any purpose, but it has to be dramatic. And that's why I think hashtag election crisis 2020 will be trending. Yeah. And that episode title is how to conduct psychological warfare and cyber propaganda. So check it out. Yeah. Good stuff. So uh, let's keep moving. I got COVID stuff, but let's get everything else first because I'm some more election COVID. news, some local to Atlanta election news, but also relevant nationally. John Ossoff is going up against Senator Purdue here in Georgia, and Senator Purdue caught some heat because they ran an ad. It was a Facebook ad that showed grainy pictures of John Ossoff and Senator Chuck Schumer. Ugh both of whom are Jewish, and above them, it read, Democrats are trying to buy Georgia, help David Perdue fight back, and then on the image, it manipulated the image to make John Ossoff's nose appear to be longer than it is, which drew up cries of anti-Semitism. How does that happen, first of all? I'll tell you what they said in response, (laughs) but this is such an obvious setup. I don't know if the person who did this is working for Ossoff inside of... 
Purdue's campaign or if Purdue is, I don't know what's going on because you don't make that mistake, especially right now. You don't elongate a Jewish person's yeah, nose. Yeah, it's not going to make you any friends. And then make comments about how they're trying to buy Georgia. It's just totally dog. I hate to use that word dog whistling, but this seems like a setup. And there's been a lot going on with this in related news. There's been a lot of stories of NBA players, of actors that are African-American making what people are calling anti-Semitic comments has caused a lot of controversy. Now we have this. I don't know what the yeah, purpose it's just is. Stupid. This is just beneficial to Ossoff is what it is. You know what I think a big part of it is? I think because banking, well, the source of all money is banking, that they make conspiracy theories or anti-Fed stuff feel anti-Semitic because race and, you know, hatred, stuff like that is, you know, just negates the whole conversation. So if you can't talk about a conspiracy or you can't talk about the problems of banking, then that insulates those people. And if they want to use anti-Semitism as a way to silence you, they're, I'm sure they're not beneath that. Yeah. And it's also that. a way to connect Republicans to Nazism and to Trump. Oh, yeah, that's all true. But Trump is not in that category. I mean, literally, Kushner used to give up his bed to Netanyahu when Netanyahu was in town. Like, that is how close they are. So I think it's really unfair and false to say that about Trump. Yeah, it's just like saying, but yeah, I'm not racist. Know. My wife and children are black. The response Doesn't is, that oh, that just proves though? that you're racist, <laughs> that you have to say that. I kind of feel like if that's not good enough... That what can you do? I know. I really? mean, you can't do anything, which is the point. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> All right. Keep going. Pooled testing. Oh, a big welcome to our latest sponsor, an avid member of the Propaganda Report community, True Hemp Science, experts in CBD with a huge variety of premium CBD from different farms and with different cannabinoid profiles all in one place. Go to truehempscience.com slash prop report for your special offer. I have an announcement to make. We have a new Patreon tier called the Mini Ad. If you have a product or service or podcast or website or anything you want Propaganda Report listeners to know about, check out our Mini Ad tier at patreon.com slash propaganda report. And welcome to our new sponsor, True Hemp Science. Welcome. Okay, so have you heard about pooled testing yet? Oh, I told you about pooled testing. That's right. You did. I told you. I could probably find the, the date because I said, this is coming. They pool everything. They put 25 tests in a bucket, so they only have to use one test. And if it comes out positive for COVID, then they go back and test each one individually, which is ridiculous because there have been 20% false positive rates. There is a virtually no chance that 25 samples will have zero positives. The chance right. is very low, and they're going to just pool it all and report it as a group positive reflecting that horrible mismanagement of tests in Florida. And that is the key is after the pooled testing comes back positive, all of those numbers, everybody in that pool will be counted towards the positive count, which will be reflected in the news as 25, 1,000, 5,000 more people infected. And then they'll go get individually tested and most of them will come back negative. But that those negative, those negatives will not be reflected in the news. So the impression that it's bigger than it is will already have been created as a result of this pooled testing. 
and this is being pushed right now. It was the only thing CNN talked about for the most part last night. We got to get pooled testing. This is our savior. This is how we're going to get more and more people tested more efficiently. This is what we need to do. If this is what we need to do, why is it just now being pushed? First of all, I do not, because there is no evidence, no proof that there is such a thing as an asymptomatic viral shedder. You cannot get sick by somebody who doesn't have symptoms. I would also go so far as to say there's no such thing as there is no point in identifying a disease that doesn't have symptoms. So why not, if you really need to know, why not just test people who have symptoms? And the reason I say if you really need to know is because death rates are plummeting, as I've told you. To the point where Bill Gates actually came out and said, I predict death rates will plummet because of our uh, palliative treatments, but you still have to take a vaccine. So that stuff, they, they just the testing is now all the proxy for actually having a, a, a resurgence of the virus. But it's just testing. It's not the thing that people worry about, which is mortality. Otherwise, it's just a cold. Yeah, and it will make the numbers skyrocket. The psychology of being tested and being positive has an effect on people. It doesn't have the same effect on everybody. It's going to depend on their attitude. But it is true that if people are convinced that some ailment is could kill them, could be deadly, getting tested positive can demoralize them and it could make them affect their own health through that added that psychological attitude it really does have an impact. I have an example of that, and it can stigmatize you. Yeah, they. I've asked, been asked many times if I've gotten a COVID test. Many times, every time I go to the doctor, they ask me that question, and I have kids, and everybody goes to the doctor. So, my brother was an IV drug user, and he had no symptoms of AIDS, but he wanted to quit drugs, and he thought it would be good for his morale to get a clean bill of health. So he went. He tested positive, which is uh, false positives are absolutely the norm if you have TB or hepatitis or whatever. And he's had both of those things. So you can uh, basically anybody who's ever I always predict that somebody who's who's tested positive for AIDS has had hepatitis, which he had no symptoms whatsoever. And because of Fauci's recommendation that people take AZT, which was a class X drug. So it was a toxin that was removed from the market as a chemo drug because it was too deadly. And it was suggested to be used only if you're absolutely certain the person was going to die anyway. My brother had no symptoms and they started him on that and he believed that it killed him. So that's what happens when you think you have a deadly illness. It's scary. That's what can happen. It's absolutely scary. And and at the helm devastating to your morale and morale and positivity and optimism and then helps you do, your health. And then you do things. So iatrogenic illness, which kills a quarter of a third of all people, that means medically in treatment induced illness. This, this I have to revisit this issue from yesterday, this ventilator thing where 97.2% of all people over 65 or ventilators died. I didn't mention that only 26% of the people who were not put on ventilators died in that same category. So either the doctors identified exactly how many, exactly the people who would die. Exactly. You know, it's just with such fine, but, but in, it is much more likely as probably mathematically a certainty that type two error, if you were talking about statistics occurred where they included many, many more people in the ventilator category than should have been included 
because of their fear of the deadliness of this virus, the contagion, the infectiousness of this virus, which is being proven to be less true. The real problem was using those ventilators, which you were ahead of. Yeah, the ventilators can definitely be dangerous. I think that's been proven. I have a few more things on that. I I did want to say one other thing about uh, the autistic. Did you see the picture? I tweeted a video that was just ridiculous. It was just some guy, super, super neat in khakis, whatever. And he wouldn't like get out. It was like stand here circles. Yeah. And the person behind him was recording him because he was just like had his arms out. He wouldn't get off the circle. They were trying to hand him his food, but he wouldn't get off the circle. People were walking past him and he was just like trying to keep his hands out so he could have six feet away. I mean, the guy was like. He was ironically standing. I can't move from here. Was he doing that? No, no. He was fucking paranoid. Oh. And so I completely paranoid. So I tweeted it. And after lots of us had lots and lots and lots of laughs. Somebody pointed out that kid looks autistic to me, hyper rule following, completely oh afraid, like yeah. he was very neatly dressed. And then I realized like, it makes me want to cry now. So, of course, I took it down. But I mean, the guy's a meme now. Yeah. Hopefully people realize and they take it down. But you don't realize that vulnerable people like that, because my son who has Down syndrome, like the mask thing. He does not like stuff like that. Like he does, he he can't roll with anything. He's okay with it now, but it took a long time. And uh, and this, so this guy, I mean, it's torture. And they and to have people, yeah, that is a, a feature of autism. There, I think they're very compliant with rules. They're very rigid about it's crippling rules. to them. It could be crippling to them. Yes, and to think that vaccines are likely. I'm reading this virus mania. If you want to know about the evidence that was suppressed about that at the CDC level way back when that it encourages this illness. Some people think that 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 condition is is what what is wanted, that if you really are going to control the population, you want some of that, which blows my mind. But when you see how compliant the person was to the point of absolute terror, I can see that having. If, if you're trying to reshape humanity and then they talk about like two kinds of people, the elite will be like a different person. That transhumanism thing. I don't know. Oh, they're going after transhumanism. There's no doubt that they're testing gene editing, trying to make themselves into super powered superheroes or whatever. I told you about the Harvard list of gene edits that can give you these special superpowers kind of, but also the side effects, which is very interesting. Something to talk about another time. I've got some stuff for the patron 15. We can talk about Trump's tweet that was removed from. Oh, and I read these mask studies just so telling one from the Lancet and one from the CDC. I'll tell you about that. Great. Fantastic. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every day that we post a Drive Time News Blast, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Share the show Tuesday. Have a fantastic afternoon, and we will talk to you tomorrow or in the Patron 15.